green stuck to my shoes. Yeah. And, so yeah. and it didn't make it didn't make you hungry. Did not make me hungry. That's understandable. I mean, like I, nobody really, uh, no, no normal people ever have that as a fantasy. I don't think. No. I mean, I don't want to say anybody's abnormal, but I mean, like it, it's. I mean, and really, I have evidence to the contrary. And a friend of mine, you know, Gil Valley, had a cannibalism. I guess you could call it a fetish, but I, I don't. I, I don't think that he was as into the can. He, he wasn't truly into the cannibalism part. A lot of people probably still think you hear cannibal cop, you think, oh, that's a guy who ate people. But he didn't. He he had he had some ideas. He about had it. fantasies, and, and they turned it into a conspiracy charge. And he trusted law enforcement, the FBI, in this case. And, mistake, mistake number one. I mean, federal authorities you cannot trust without a lawyer. And he and he talked to them, and you know, it ended up being a bad move. Thank God he had his lawyer, who uh, you know helped him. And, and thank God for the judge, who just vacated their decision. The decision of the jury is like, no, you guys got it wrong, which apparently that, that never happens. Very seldom it does it happen. Very brave on the part of the judge, considering the topic. Yeah, and it was it was certainly a high-profile case. I mean, it was on the pages of the Post. I knew that he, I knew it wasn't too serious, though, for real, the way they were dealing with it. I've said this before on the show, because the, the media and, you know, and the press, Daily News, they talk about it with such humor. and They wouldn't talk about something that was so serious, although they do, but not in this case. I just didn't think that they would go this wacky on, on something that, you know, that w- where they could get some of those, like, actual societal problem points. Well, let's put it this way. Especially if you have a, a humorous streak in you. It's the kind of story that it's just begging to have jokes made out of it. It really is. Yeah. We did that a few times. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about this story uh, as it relates to a new, a new scandal, the Army... Hammer, who I've never heard of, but apparently is a film star. His cannibal obsession. But first, from the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Forgotten Borough Man did a very Forgotten Borough thing. Just before noon on a Wednesday, officers of the 123rd Precinct responded to a call about an EDP. That's a psycho trying to cut himself. Upon arrival, they were informed by Philip Hauser that his roommate was inside with a laceration on his right arm. Police entered the domicile home, you know, and the injured man did in fact have a laceration on his right arm, and the man told the cops it was self-inflicted. After walking to the ambulance, the aided told officers that he had cut off his penis and placed it in the toilet. This was around noon, just before the new year, December 30th. 2020 truly was a difficult year. Uh, more difficult for some than others, apparently. They went inside and checked. There was blood all over the bathroom. Didn't find a penis, apparently. Uh, no criminality is suspected. Did, like, anybody... The guy pull his drawers down and check? They did check. The ambulance, uh, the EMTs confirmed it. I mean, he's, wow, pretty... Uh, Pretty amazing uh, kind of a, uh, what would you call that, um, durability to walk out, to yeah. walk yourself out to the ambulance there. Yeah, You're that, not on a stretcher or nothing. That's going to leave a mark. Um, and <laughs> so I didn't would, leave much. He's not Irish, is he? <laughs> he is now if he wasn't before. That's the voice of Pete Panuccio. 40 years on the NYPD, Nightwatch Detective. Pete, uh, do you ever see anything like this in, in your career? I've heard about it. 
I've never come across it personally where I've seen people mutilate themselves. Yes. Um, but genitalia-wise? Uh, we did have one or two suicides where people did inflict injuries to their genitalia. Probably out of remorse from inflicting injuries to their genitalia. <laughs> it's one of those things. That, you know, the Catholic Church, many years ago, they changed their stance on suicide. Like, the theologians thought, well, if you jump off the roof and you have a second or two before you hit the ground, maybe you change your mind. So who are we to judge? Oh, a, a good long, thinking. Uh, you know, Isn't uh, it in the decision? You can't make a decision from which you cannot return. Exactly. And this could be that kind of situation like where you say, all right, I'm going to cut my junk off here. And now all of a sudden you're like, wow. That was a terrible idea. Man, uh, it doesn't seem as if, though, he was in a panic or anything. I mean, uh, it was an afterthought. Once he was in the ambulance, they came and got him for the arm. And then he's like, oh, oh, by the way, I also, I cut my penis off. Uh, it's in the second story bathroom. Up on the, the bathroom upstairs. It's in the upstairs bathroom. I cut my penis off. It's in the toilet in the upstairs bathroom. Well, that's where I put it. Well, you want to keep it safe. Just, in, you know. Cool water. Cool water. Nice and sanitary. Yes, yes. I wonder if anything else was in the bowl. You know what I mean? Because like he, maybe he he was sitting there, you know, and he, and he ripped off a particularly fucking foul one, and he's like, you know what? Life's not worth living. No, I'm just going to sit here and take it off. You think the next person in the bathroom was like, man, what, somebody cut their dick off in here? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's a, it's such a, you think you got nothing to lose, but, you know, it goes to show a little gratitude goes a long way. You really do have something to lose if you still have your penis. It's it's drastic. Um, I just, I don't know. Uh, this guy had to be at the extreme brink of just a total breakdown. Mm. Um, you do see people that self-mutilate. Um, cutting your penis off, that's extreme. And, that, and like you said, that that's kind of like a bridge. Once you cross it, there's no going back. Yeah, you've crossed the Rubicon. You are in crazy land now. I wonder if uh, he started with the arm, moved up to the penis, or cut the penis off and said, that's not enough. Not enough. Maybe he cut his arm trying to kill himself after he cut off his penis. Or he cut himself in the arm and it didn't have the desired effect. And See, this is the guy that should have studied up on anatomy and stuff like that in school a little bit better. Paid attention to Couldn't tell his arm from his penis. No. Man must have been gifted. Um, It's, you know, it's really neither appendage is the best way to kill yourself. Let's put it that way. Unless you know what you're doing. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Uh, it's it, you, slicing your arm. I mean, first of all, he. I wonder if he's left-handed. Maybe he's left-handed because uh, if he sliced his right arm, it would stand to reason that he might be left-handed. Uh, but uh, the the penis, but that doesn't really affect it. I mean, uh, how can you make sure that cutting off your penis results in your death? Should you be in a warm bath? This is uh, just a just a tip. Uh, we provide a little social, uh, what do you call it, a uh, public service. Yeah, public service, uh, things to do. Um, usually when you do sit in the hot bathtub, I think it was best described in The Godfather Part 2 with Frank Frankie, Pantangeli. Yeah. Frank Pantangeli, Frank, 
Frankie Five Angels. Frankie Five Angelos. He was like a the Roman, Roman Empire. Yeah. He sit in the bathtub. Yeah, sometimes he have a little party beforehand. Slit your wrist after you have yourself a little party. Pretty sweet deal, Frankie. It worked for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, Frank did it right. Hey, hey, Frankie, good, come on, let's play some hearts. <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton in uh, one of his many brilliant roles. He didn't have that much to do, but it was convincing. Now, what this guy here, now, the warm bath would make your blood, make you bleed out yes. more quickly, I would think. There was a considerable amount of blood in the bathroom, the story says, and he told uh, responding officers that, uh, you know, he, he just did it. And uh, that's, I mean, he, I, he didn't, there's no inkling why is what I mean. A large amount of blood was discovered in the second floor bathroom. Crime scene was established, but no criminality is suspected. So it's... Uh, no, they, they've had that one. That's that their way of just saying, do not go in there. No criminality suspected. Just, it just means that this fucking lunatic just cut his junk off. Yeah. Um, that poor EMT. EM, uh, excuse me. <laughs> the EMT, poor guy. I mean, that was probably not a great discovery. I'm sure that that was an interesting story, you know, to tell at the New Year's parties that he went to. But uh, I'm talking oh, about yeah. the EDP, which they don't even want them to be called EDPs anymore. Well, back in the 70s, we called them psychos, uh-huh. and they found that to be offensive. So they said... Let's change it to EDP, emotionally disturbed persons. Yeah, and um, and, and that probably seemed real namby pamby to you guys at the time. Yeah, it did. Uh, they were still psychos. Yeah. So, so now you everybody finally catches up to EDP. Now it's going to be like, uh, uh, people with mistaken ideas or some shit. I don't yeah, know. I don't even know what they'll change it to next. Um, well, I mean, psychos is just that's just short for like you know uh, psychotic. It's, Psychopath. it's like an umbrella. Same way EDP is like an umbrella term for, you know, people that are going through some sort of emotional distress. Um, you could look at psychos as the shorthand version of that. Yeah. They're, they're fucking nuts, okay? Sure. Whatever their situation is. That's what it was before psycho, fucking nuts. Yeah, well, that's when you looked at it pretty straightforward and you weren't really worried about. Whose feelings are going to hurt? It wasn't about throwing asparagus at anybody. It was not about throwing asparagus. All you're trying to do is tell people what's waiting for you there when you arrive. You no, know, on on a on a side note, I got a fan mail from one of our listeners the other day. Yeah, who said he never heard that expression before? Casting asparagus. Throwing asparagus. Are we casting? Uh, th- it or I'm sorry. It? We're throwing asparagus. Yeah, casting asparagus, throwing asparagus. Uh, I, yeah. I says that is the ghetto version of. Casting aspersions is throwing asparagus. We're never explaining it again. From now on, you just have to know. Pay attention to yeah. the good stuff you will learn here on Crime Report. It is an educational show. And speaking of, of, of umbrellas, the Umbrella Hotel shut down in Queens after, you know, uh, many years of, of being in service and complained about. Apparently it was a, a bit of a problem, this, this place. The Umbrella Hotel is a notorious Queens alberge. Reputed to be a pole star for drugs, prostitution, and violence, was the scene of an early morning triple shooting and the year's first shooting homicide. Yes, that's right. The very first this year, the first guy killed by gun violence. This was the morning of New Year's Eve, by the way. It didn't just happen. Uh, which, uh, the, when I say the first guy killed by gun violence, let me clarify. Gun violence is something which occurs when someone is holding a gun, makes a decision to point it at someone, and then further decides to pull the trigger. Uh, that man was 20-year-old Robert Williams. Two others were injured and hospitalized. Now the Umbrella Hotel, which is a dump, which neighbors have long considered a dangerous nuisance, is closed. 
to Queens Boulevard, 82nd Avenue, right across from Borough Hall, near the Queens Courthouse. And the umbrella was the scene uh, of that shoot, uh, one shooting over the summer, and uh, the local 102nd Precinct had been stationed outside virtually 24-7 for months. Even the Guardian Angels began patrolling it as the uh, mayor vowed he would shut it down. That Monday, uh, Curtis Sleeway noted the hotel's close proximity to the borough's seat of power. I like Curtis Sleeway. And, uh, you know, he, he never mints his words. He called the city officials impotent for allowing the hotel to remain open despite ample evidence that it welcomed criminal behaviors. Uh, for instance, uh, neighbors that had already filed 100 complaints. They complained the hotel housed illegal clubs set up by partygoers. They rented rooms at cheap rates during the pandemic. I'm sure it's never that pricey. Uh, the borough president there in Queens, Donovan Richards, is there more of a nothing position than the borough president? I mean, you know, it's a, he's probably been at some of those parties across the street. Stop. <laughs> Local legislators had joined neighbors along with Donovan Richards in calling for the hotel to be shut down. And after months of complaints, mayor to, the mayor got involved in shutting it down. I, I called the report uh, of a murder of an innocent young man very painful. And uh, he ain't kidding. Sorry, I, especially I, to the guy that's dead. Yeah, Robert Williams. 20-year-old Robert Williams, very, very painful, he said. said the hotel's been a blight on our community, and it should not be that. Going forward, we're going to use all the power of city government, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, did anybody tell the mayor he's a blight on the community? No, I, you know, many. I know one guy who did. So, <laughs> <laughs> We'd love that guy. You cunt bag. Yeah. Take off your mask. Here's some historical perspective, just my own little... Uh, that used to be a diner on that corner. Oh, yeah? With a parking lot in back. They were the nastiest pricks on the planet. Uh, this diner. Had, uh, that diner over there. They had a captive audience. And parking around the Queen's Courts is horrendous. So, many years ago, they had this horrible little troll that hid out in a booth in the parking lot. And if you were an interloper that parked in there, then like you ran across to the courts real quick which I understand you shouldn't do. This evil little shit would come out with one of those stickers. Actually, not one. Usually, like, four or five of them. And plaster your entire car. You are parked illegally here. You couldn't get this stuff off your window with a blowtorch. What a dick. So I'm of the opinion that 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 may be like a haunted parcel of land. It might be, you know, the ancient queen's burial ground for indians or something I, I don't know i mean like it sounds as if it's cursed you know i mean if uh if it's if it's well really it's just a hot sheets hot, hot sheets. sheets you know a hotel right is that would, would you would you would you call it is, is it more of a hot sheets hotel or it's a not your, hotel it's motel? not your typical hot sheets hotel no it's a large structure a little bit set off the boulevard itself and it's i believe the upper floors are, are, are also rentals where people actually rent apartments and live there. Yeah, it's a mixed-use building. Uh, yeah, it's know. a toilet. That's basically what it is. Those, this is this phenomenon. You can shit in it. You can piss in it. Whatever so you want. <laughs> you can <laughs> mixed-use. Yeah, fuck, suck, and mamba. Uh, not necessarily in that order, but this phenomenon of renting hotel rooms for these parties. This has been going on for quite a while now, and in some of the finer establishments around New York City, we've had these in the Marriott where. They would pack two, three hundred people into like two or three hotel rooms, mm, yeah. and 
you would think somebody would say, maybe we shouldn't allow that, or... Yeah, it's getting to be kind of crowded. Uh, getting kind of crowded, a little bit noisy, people getting shot. It tends to draw attention and annoy the other patrons of the hotel. Uh, that particular place, though, that's a dump. Yeah, there's no patrons at the hotel that are just normal patrons, I don't think. it's Now, here's a quote from... Uh, this This is Kew Gardens resident Pamela Reinertson. Pamela Reinertson. Now, she has a... Uh, of, you know, a very truthful take. The closing of the hotel should have occurred months ago at the outset of the pandemic when bars and clubs closed. The owners acted irresponsibly by lowering room rates, which attracted a virtual crime wave to the hotel. Uh, it seems like it's been a problem for... Well, you see, they needed me as their business advisor because I would have told them, listen, just call de Blasio. He'll hook your ass up. Uh, look at 139 hotels around New York City. Turn a, it into a... A no. COVID... COVID... Uh, housing yeah it was it had great conditions for the spread of covid so it was it was she said you know so i guess it's it's perfect i i, I they they wouldn't stay in a shithole like this you know they got they got to be in a in something a little nicer you know uh the, as the violence escalated it was a matter of time before someone got killed this is still pamela reinerton the mayor's office made light of our concerns until the tragic death of a young man in front of the hotel last week. Mr. Williams' senseless death would likely not have occurred had the mayor's office not dragged its feet for months regarding the community's concern concerns over the uncontrollable crime at this facility. In the future, she said, the community expects the city to ensure this facility will not be used to disrupt and destroy the quality of life in Kew Gardens. Uh, yeah, so, you know. That's, that's very little... reassuring. Yeah. Plain spoken. The the area around it is a really nice area. It, it's really nice. Uh, as you go further south on the streets past there, it's beautiful single-family homes. It leads up to the Forest Park area. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually pretty nice. I've been to Kew Gardens before. Very nice neighborhood. One of my old uh, guests, uh, Jim Polk. Uh, criminal defense attorney had a place there, and it's very nice, like you said. Uh, the building, like you, and and also like you said, it's uh, floors four to ten are dedicated to the hotel. Eleven to twenty have apartment units rented to year-round tenants. How would you like to be in that building with all that garbage beneath you? Oh, sure, that's just what you want to get on the elevator with at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you're like, how's the rent? A doorman? Uh, what what is that? There's an elevator. Okay, great. And then, as it turns out, the doorman is a guardian angel, and the elevator you got to go through. Oh man, several floors of just uh, shit, just some weird shit. Now, I want to come back to to our story that we started off with the guy with the penis, just because the 123rd precinct responded to that call and apparently did exactly what they were supposed to do. They got this guy out. They went and looked for his dick. They, I don't know, it's it's negative results. So that sounds as if you know, if they were unable to find it, I don't know if they're to blame. You know, it might have been. It could have been flushed. It could have been flung out the window. Who knows? I wonder if this guy had a micro penis and it was just some kind of a trimming accident. Right? Could that be? Well, he accidentally, he was shaving his pubes. And I, hey, wait, hold on a second. Uh, oh, where'd it go? <laughs> Damn. Now, uh, there's only three reviews on Yelp for the 123rd precinct, and it has a pretty good rating as far as police precincts go. Three stars out of five. There's two four-star reviews, one one-star review. Uh, the most recent comes from Dominic D. of Shreveport, Louisiana. He says uh, they do their best to keep the neighborhood safe. On some streets, it's a hard job, but for the most part, they do it. Four stars. 
And the guy lives in Shreveport. Uh, yeah, that's right next door to the 123rd Precinct. That's just down the road. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, and, and, and our next review is from uh, this year as well. Or well, I should say last year now. Uh, from January of last year, almost one year ago to the day, uh, Robert M., that was the 18th, Robert M. from Barcelona, Spain, had his thoughts. He said, my children, this is a one-star review, my children cannot cross the road to school. The police in this area do not seem to exist here. They cannot even put the traffic in order. Well, which one? Is, is, uh, over-policing, under-policing, you know, you can't make everybody happy. Uh, it's a huge geographical area to cover. The 123rd? Yeah. Yeah, it includes like Tottenville, and uh, it's a whole south, uh, part of the South Shore there, and uh, what, Rossville, Annandale, Eddingville, Huguenot, Rossville. Did I already say that? I mean, it's, it sounds big. Huguenots. Then weren't those the guys in the middle of the fight with the Anglo Saxons and stuff like that? Back yeah, in... they were. I think they were like uh, Catholics, but uh, without the you know weird shit. Okay. If I don't, if I understand that correctly, uh, so if, if they were from France, they're probably Catholic. Yeah. Uh, now the uh, we have a review from a very positive review here from Vic P of Brooklyn. This is the closest in proximity. He says this is the safest neighborhood in NYC. There's, a, there's virtually no crime in this area and has the best crime stats anywhere in the city. They are really friendly, and they practice courtesy, professionalism, and respect. Four stars. The review from 9-19-2012. So, <laughs> so a couple things have changed since then. I didn't know you could do Yelp reviews for precincts. Isn't that wild? I, we we talk about them sometimes on here, and uh, I'm surprised we haven't done that yet while, while you're uh, while you're here. But yeah, they, it's it's always interesting to hear what people complain about. They're like, "This lady in a purple sweater didn't seem to care at all." <laughs> I wrote a Yelp review for a diner who pissed me off, and you know what the sad fact is? The food was actually pretty good. Yeah, so you had to give it not a one star. Well, it, it wasn't so much the food as it was the. Um, the tea bag that was stuck in the bottom of my coffee cup one night. Oh, jeez. So it was tea bag. That was much mirth and merriment when I got back to the office. Yeah, I bet. The cockroach crawling on the ketchup bottle one night, which I could still live with, all right? I, I could deal with it. You know what? There's roaches in this world. Ketchup's what closed really, tight. It, it was just the... Um, the attitude in there somewhat... The place had closed. They got themselves into some trouble. I think it was tax trouble. They closed down, reopened, reopened again. And I went in there one morning, and the wait staff was having a having an argument amongst themselves in the back. And I'm the only guy sitting there. Oh. And the manager is directly across from me, and I'm sitting, and I'm sitting, I'm sitting. Another woman comes in, and she's waiting. And finally, she says, excuse me, can we get some service here? So... The manager yells to the back, and these people come up and with an attitude, and they give her a menu. They don't give me a menu. I said, can I have one of those, please? They take the lady's order, and they go to walk away, and I already knew what I wanted, you know, and they walk away again. And you just ignored that request, huh? Totally. Weird. And I get up, and I went over to the manager. I says, uh, you run this place? He goes, yeah, well, I'm the manager. I said, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself. He goes, oh, what's the problem? What's the problem? I says, I'm sitting here for 15 minutes with my thumb up my ass. Uh I says, oh, well, you know, I have a little problem with the staff. I says, you should go back there and put your foot in their ass. I says, 
I'm a police sergeant. I says, I supervise people. I manage people. I says, that's intolerable, whether it's police service or diner service. Yeah. I says, that is wrong. You know, this is your business. Well, people come when they're hungry, and so, you know, you need to take care of them. Especially at 7 o'clock in the morning. When, right. I, I mean, I'm finishing my night up, but the other most of the other people coming in there, they're getting ready to go out and start their day. They should assume everybody's on their way somewhere. I mean, really, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, the place is empty. That is not a good diner. I was so mad. I went back. I wrote a Yelp review on it, and then I tried to post it, and they wanted me to sign up for a membership, and I screwed something up, and it erased it. Mm-hmm. God damn. damn, was I mad. You know what? Let's go back to this diner tonight and just fucking turn a few tables over and uh, and, 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 and cause some trouble. We'll it, call it a peaceful protest. Well, we could do that. We'd probably be stuck outside in the outside booth in the freezing rain and wind that's going on at the moment. And, oh, God, what a privilege it is to be able to do that right now. Of course, our governor says we're going to open things up because otherwise there won't be. Hey, he's, he's basically uh, talking sense now that we have a change of card at the top of the. Uh, of course well, he is. Uh, at the top wrong. Now, wait, wait a second. Uh, hold on. Wait, I want to know where this diner is. I, I want to make sure I don't go there. The Lyric Diner, 22nd Street and 3rd Avenue. Oh, they yeah. suck. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you. And I'll tell you what, the food was actually good there. Yeah, I, I know. I know the Lyric Diner. That was. Uh, it's. It's. Uh, it faces the avenue. The the front door faces the avenue rather than the street. Am I correct? Yeah. Other guys, you know, work. They used to go in there. I says they can go fuck themselves. I says I will never go in that place ever again. I used to go up to the place on Twenty Third Street and Second. Um, I don't even know what the hell the name of it is now. Food was always good. The people are always nice in there. You know, it's uh, for lazy people like myself, it's worth it to walk the extra block. Diners are great in New York City. They have everything. And also, you know, they you got to know what not to order. You don't go there and, and they'll have lobster. You don't get it. No, but, you know, it's one of the things. It's part of the social fabric in, in neighborhoods where you go in, you know the people that work there. They know you. You talk. That's all the stuff that's missing these days. Because Cuomo has basically shut the world down in New York City. Well, Yelpers have reported this location has closed. The Good. The Lyric Diner had two and a half stars with 189 reviews. And, uh, well, you know. Unfortunately, mine didn't make it in there. That's too bad. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, that was epic. That was one for the... I showed it to people in the office. They were laughing their asses off. They said, boy, you're pissed today. <laughs> that became the running joke. Pete and the Lyric Diner. Let me see here. Uh, my sister goes to SV, and this is a three-star review, so that's boring. I want to find something a little bit uh, more. Uh, here's a two-star. I had lunch special, hot corned beef sandwich, eleven ninety-five. Only four of 25 tables occupied, so we're seated immediately. All friendly, very warm staff. I must say the corned beef was very bland, with not even that deep brine taste with well-treated beef. Its color was very light, which was scary as it should be dark. It also had dozens of tiny cuts holes which were which from watching the science channel means it was pierced with syringes in the mass manufacture process to add flavor and color uh, the bread was that pale white kind that is now unpopular except for wonder bread except it's got higher uh, harder edges he says but the corned beef wasn't hot at all the soup tasted like it was canned it was mildly warm i hate whining it's a pretty lackluster meal perhaps worser as I couldn't decide what to do for lunch. In, uh, in other items, there's free Wi-Fi, blah, 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 blah. Staff is nice. So unimpressed and frustrated. Another Brooklyn resident says, somebody named Brooklyn R. 
Brooklyn R. from Elkins, Arkansas. So unimpressed and frustrated, I let my daughter talk me into wasting a perfectly good meal in this place. Food was bland. Waiter was weird. I asked for a latte, which is listed on the menu, and I'm told we don't have an espresso machine yet. I will not come here again. Wow, this is a really angry one. The one star was for being open late on a weekday. You can't give zero stars also. I believe this diner is 24 hours. First, I should have known. Okay, well, we, we, we don't need to read too many more. Why, why beat a dead horse, which is what that place is now? A I dead. liked it better when it was an old dump. And by the way, if you ever tried the dead horse there, God, it's, it's, it's some of the best horse the in best the city. Best dead horse ever you will ever see, yeah. <laughs> the crazed Brooklyn man accused of murdering his grandfather with a machete and injuring two family members, including his four-year-old sister, allegedly confessed to the heinous attack, according to new court papers. I did what I did, and there is nothing to talk about. Daquan DeBose told the NYPD detectives. Uh, Wait, Detective uh, Lou Sox. Lou Sox. Is this a name? NYPD detective uh, Lucas Organiska. I've never seen that name before. I've never seen a reported detective like this. The, uh, the name, the detective, usually is not featured in the story, to my mind, is it? Detective Lukasch. How, how do you pronounce it? He should these? just go with the porn star name, Luke Organ. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> Lukas Organistica. Oh, thank you. That's, that's uh, Lukas Organistica. Uh, okay, well, according to a criminal complaint. And yet, even though there's no more to talk about, uh, the nothing left to talk about, according to Dequan, uh, yet I, there'll be a couple of follow-up questions, I predict. After 5 p.m., uh, 22-year-old DeBose allegedly got into a fight with his family members in, a, in an apartment on Putnam Avenue in Bedlam, Crimescent, in Violet, Brooklyn, during the rampage, he first slashed the little girl in the hip. Then he turned his rage on the 79-year-old grandfather, James DeBose Sr., probably because he tried to protect the uh, four-year-old there, and stabbed the near-octogenarian in his not-quite-80-yet stomach, according to court papers. His brother-in-law, 49, Thomas Dees, grabbed the machete, tried to wrestle it away, but the machete-swinging madman sliced Dees's finger. He's lucky DeBose didn't slice Dees' nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Court records show that DeBose's grandfather had received an order of protection from his grandson. Uh, DeBose wasn't supposed to be anywhere near him. Uh, The effective protective power of the order, dubious at best, now in question. The alleged machete-wielding killer was arraigned early Tuesday in violent Brooklyn criminal court on charges of second-degree murder, criminal contempt, endangering the welfare of a child, assault, and criminal possession of a weapon. He was ordered held without bail. I would say he definitely endangered the welfare of that child. You know, here's the insanity with these... Protective orders, okay? Yes. There's thousands of them floating around out there, people waving them around. They're not going to stop a bullet, a machete, or anything else. However, what is the point of the police, of the district attorney, of the courts issuing these orders of protection when the people that are requesting them then turn around and totally ignore the order of protection? Mm. The guy's not supposed to be there. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if uh, this you guy know, you, invited you, him into his home or not. You let him back in the house, you know, that falls under the category of what the fuck is wrong with you? Maybe Why would you just, do that? Maybe he was just there to return his machete. It could be. It could be. But there's there's always plenty of machetes. Grandpa, I got that machete that I borrowed. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It seems to me if you show up with a machete, right, and you start slashing everybody, 
I mean, there was some kind of a fight, probably over whether or not he could come in. Maybe I don't know. But how I mean, about you don't open the door yeah. and let him in? I don't know how that happened. Pick up the phone. You call people call nine one one for bullshit. Yes, they do. Twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Call him up for some. I called him up for some bullshit. But I had somebody in my uh, in, in in my vestibule there, a homeless individual looked to be with a cart, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, you got to go." And she and she was like, something like a. Uh, Hey, uh, no, I, I, I'm looking for my key. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay. And so uh, I go, well, I'll wait for you. I can't even open the door. The cart was like fully blocking the entrance, you know, and I'm not going to squeeze by. Couldn't. She probably, had a, over. she probably had to pick up all the bed bugs first that were spilling out of it. I walked away, uh, smoked a cigarette. Wait, what do you need? Did you talk? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Okay. We polished it off. Yeah, you want? Uh, let me get you some else of water or something. Uh, something. Uh, hold on, one second. We'll be right back. This all you got? That's Put it. In your sock and get the rest. I don't of have any more money, money, man. Give me the rest of the goddamn. That's trash. all I got. What you got more? Give me more. Reach Tell me I got no money. Reach in your sock. You got more bread. That's it, man. Give me the rest hey. of the fucking bread. Hey. Get him. Seems like a good time to tell you a couple of things I haven't had occasion to mention in a while. Dates. If you live in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Connecticut, Massachusetts, or Vermont, here's your chance to see the host of this program, Pat Dixon, doing stand-up comedy. And not just for a few minutes or anything. It'll be like 45, 55 minutes. The top of an amazing bill with Mike Keegan and Carla Ogerson. I'm appearing at the Comedy Cove upstairs from Scotty's Pub and Steakhouse. I'm Pat Dixon. And I'm not kidding. The burger, <laughs> it's a good burger. I'm going to be having it. It really is. I'm not, I'm not, I really am not fucking around. You should have it. Friday and Saturday, uh, January 22nd, 23rd. Friday and Saturday, January 22nd, 23rd. Comedy Cove, Scotty's Pub. And if you live in Manhattan and you want to come to the show, like, could I get a ride? The following weekend, January 29th through the 30th, Indianapolis, Crackers Downtown. Just three shows, 8 p.m. each night. That's the 29th through the 30th. Indianapolis. I love doing stand-up. Love meeting you. Come and uh, see the show uh, there if you get a chance. There's ticket links for those shows at crimereport.nyc. And while you're there, if you're a fan, drop me a message. I'd love to hear from you. And consider supporting New York City Crime Report on patreon.com. You have to actually go to the address on it because I'm shadow banned or something. I don't know. But it's patreon.com slash patdixonnyc. And I'll say it one more time in a second. Now I'm starting to realize that my donation levels are kind of low. And uh, that's, they're probably going to change soon. But if, if you're grandfathered in, you see, with like a, a $3 or even a $1 monthly bargain. Let me have it. Give me the, give me the bread. Uh, then there won't be shit I can do about that. So get in on that. I'll change them soon. And if you're listening regularly, help me out. Uh, what's the world coming to? It seems all we do is take turns asking each other for money during these times. But am I any different? No. I see other podcasts that are nowhere near as good as this one with fans who can't possibly be as intelligent or cool as fans of New York City Crime Report, who I always say are better than most people in general. And I mean it. I've never met a fan of the show who wasn't above average intelligence and didn't have something on the ball. Long story short, give me this trifling amount of money per month. Donations are one, three, five, ten, and twenty a month. And if uh, if you get a lot out of the show, I can use it. And if you can't or don't want to, I don't blame you. When I when I got it, I put it where I think it ought to go. 
And when I don't, well, I don't. But then do me a favor. Tell a friend. Uh, drop a link to the show on social media. I'm sorry to start a sentence with drop a link. Help me get more listeners, particularly if you have friends in law enforcement. They are people who tend to enjoy it. And so share it around. Uh, this episode's wrapped, but don't uh, worry. I'm caught up a little, finally. Do you believe it? And I'm going to, uh, you can look for a new show every other day or so. Or I'm going to say every other day. That's it. I'm not going to mitigate it with or so. And uh, it'll be posted early in the morning, ready to greet you and get your day started off with the show that gives you a reason to live. Look, the fact you listen means a lot to me. And even if uh, you never buy any of the cool merchandise at CrimeReport.nyc, the t-shirts and shit, posters, or if you uh, never spend any money on it, on the show at patreon.com slash NYC. It doesn't matter. We have something special. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. The Lyric Diner, 22nd Street and 3rd Avenue. Oh, they yeah. suck. Yeah. <laughs> Is it over?